good to be alive today, amen? Good to be alive. Praise God for another day of life. I'm excited about walking through the promises of God. Uh, for me personally, it's just good to go back and remind myself of all these promises in Scripture that where God promises to do these things. And hopefully, by the end of this message, or maybe in the middle of it, maybe after the introduction, uh, your faith is restored or refreshed or renewed and you're encouraged by the message of the truths of God's promises. Think about this promise that God has given us and he will fulfill it. He will complete the good work he started in us. That's a promise that what God begins, he will complete. He will complete in us and take it to completion. It takes time to build a house. For the first nine years of our marriage, I was a home builder. And so I built a lot of homes and spent a lot of time uh, looking at uh, architectural drawings and pouring foundations and building, uh, studying up homes. And I was a finished carpenter too and then trimming out places. And so even while we were in seminary, I built homes with another guy down in Warsaw. We built seven homes in the four years that we were there. But it takes time to build a house. And it ta- there's a process that unpacks in the building of a house. And so there were things along the way that you would find yourselves meeting with a client. And when you met with a client, you would give them a plan and they would, they would adjust it and they would make drawings and look at the drawings and they say, I want this or that. But the process began to unfold and at every point of the, the house building project, they would bring family members by. And there were different moments along the way when it looked like a whole bunch of work had been completed. And if you've ever built a home, many of you are building, and you frame it, it goes up quickly, you put the roof on, you put the, the OSB on, you put the shingles on, all of a sudden it looks like the house is almost done, and it feels like everything slows down. Then you f- plummet, you put some wiring in it, and you put some insulation in it, and it feels like it speeds back up, and then you throw the drywall in, and it feels like you're almost home. But there are periods along the way in building this house that the client stops by, they're excited, and there's days they come by and look around and say, did you guys do anything here? It's hard to see the process unless you're there every hour of the process. God has promised to build us. God began a good work in us. God laid the foundation. Jesus saved us. And we are on this ongoing process of being built. And one day we will be as we are with a client. When finally the house is done, we hand them the keys and we do the walkthrough with them. And they finally move into their home. And it's a completed project. But for us, that won't happen until the day of the Lord. Now, what's the day of the Lord? day of the Lord is the return of Jesus Christ, the rapture, or our passing. But there is a promise that God is working. He won't give up. He continues to work after us. And we are this project under construction. In fact, all of us in this room who know Christ could literally wear a sign that says, hey, don't bother. I'm under construction. But God promises to finish what he began. Let me show you what I mean and turn to Philippians chapter 1 and Look at verses 3 through 11. When you find that, I encourage you to stand with me as we read Philippians chapter 1. And we are going to read verses 3 through 11. Would you stand with me together as we read God's word? And those of you who tune in online, would you stand where you're at too as we read God's word? Philippians chapter 1. And let's read verses 3 through 11. 
Read it with me. Ready, read. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart, and whether I'm in chains or defending or in confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. You may have a seat. As we can see from this text, God began the work. In fact, I would say this, God moves first in our own personal construction project. Before the foundation of the world, God chose, God predestined, God elected. There's a point in time where we accept this free gift and we spent a whole series going through the book of Galatians, so I won't backtrack there. But God acts first and now we have this foundation built on Jesus. If God didn't move first, there would be no move at all in the building project. We can't build ourselves. Our part simply was this. Think about it this way. We ran as fast and as far away from God as we possibly could, and he ran us down and brought us into his family. That's what salvation is. Once we are his, We are under construction and the Holy Spirit becomes the supervisor on the job site. Think about that. The Holy Spirit, when we come to Christ, God lives in us. And for for just picture if you can, he becomes the superintendent. He becomes the supervisor of the building project of us. And so Paul's trying to describe this project. And he says in verse 3, look again, I thank my God every time I remember you. He has joy for this group because he sees this work unpacking. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of the partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And then he says this, being confident of this. Be confident of what? That he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He opens with love for the church here and is filled with joy. Joy for him and for us is a byproduct of confidence rooted in Jesus, saying, Jesus, you will do what you said you would do. And I can have joy and confidence knowing that no matter what I look at right now, I know that you're gonna turn this mess into something good and you will complete it. It's very easy for you and me, for all of us, in fact, to look at a loved one and wonder, will they ever become the person God intended them to be? It's very easy for us to get discouraged. And in fact, in some cases, we have been there when they made that life-changing decision and commitment for Jesus and they were burning hot. Maybe you have a son or daughter or friend or neighbor or husband or wife. Maybe you were with them when they trusted in Jesus Christ and now you look at them and you think, what happened? Where's the fire? Why isn't there any change? Why did you seem as though there's a delay in this building process? The truth is this, maybe even some of you are in the middle of a dry season 
And the enemy is coming after you with seeds of doubt and discouragement. It's not much different in a building of a home. Sometimes there are unexpected delays and even some resistance from others. Yet Paul is saying, take heart, have confidence that he who began the work will complete the work. There might be a delay, but know that the finished product is coming. It's a lifelong sanctification under construction process. We can always find hope in knowing that no matter where you find someone today, God is not finished with them. And why is that? Think about these facts. God is faithful for you. God is faithful in you. And God is faithful through you. Can I get one amen out of that? He will finish. We can have confidence in knowing that he will. In fact, you might right now be in the middle of a train wreck. Maybe you're on the back end of a divorce. Maybe you're on the back end of a doctor's report. Maybe you're on the back end of unemployment. Maybe you're on the back end of sickness. Maybe you're on the back end of a child who's running away or a husband or wife that doesn't want anything to do with Jesus. Maybe it feels like a tornado came through and knocked down the studs in your house. Maybe there's a crash scene in relationships around you. And maybe fire has burned the very dream you've ever dreamt of away from you. Listen to me, in the middle of your anxiety, Paul is telling us, in the middle of your uncertainty, loneliness, even hopelessness, the Holy Spirit is on the line right now. And you know what he's doing? He's calling the local lumberyard and he's getting the necessary supplies to finish the project because God supplies all your needs in Christ Jesus. This visual for me is just so real that we are under construction let me give you a, a construction question today, a trivia question for you today. I'm going to give you five building projects. I'm going to ask you which one you think took the longest to build. The construction of the Pentagon, the carving of Mount Rushmore, the digging of the Panama Canal, the building of the Empire State Building, the carving and assembly of the Statue of Liberty. So in your mind, what took longer? Pentagon, Mount Rushmore, Panama Canal, Empire State Building, or the Statue of Liberty? The answer to that question is the Panama Canal. It took 31 years to build, mainly because the task was started and stopped several times due to floods, mudslides, unexpected costs, the total bill for the United States in 1914 to do and finish the Panama Canal was $375 million. And there were, was a horrific death toll, history tells us. 20,000 French workers died and 6,000 Americans died on the job site. You see, you can expect delays when you cut a 50-mile-long canal through two oceans. It's the same for us. I have been saved since I was four and a half years old. So I've known Christ. The foundation was built for 54 years. And sometimes I think I should be a lot further along being 54 years old in Christ. But when that began, God promises to continue to build me, make me, to finally where I get a turnkey time in my life and the project is done and he will never not continue 
to build us. It's a promise from him to us. And Paul's confidence as he looks at this church at Philippi was a settled fact in his heart. That's why he said when Jesus signed his name to the line with the blood on the cross, he will finish what he started. There are two words that are very significant in Philippians 1 in verse 6 that I want to bring to attention. The first word is began. The second word is completion. Some translations have perfected. They are bookends. There's a start and there's a finish time to this construction process on us. And when we focus on the word, the second word, completed or perfected, it's the same word, Greek word, used by Jesus on the cross when he said, tetetesli. It's the word when he said the phrase, it is finished. And if you were to look at this word in the Greek, it would have that word. In other words, not only will he finish, but it is finished because God promised to do it. Paul was saying, he who began a good work in you 20 years ago, 10 years ago, one year ago, two years ago, 54 years ago, when you were saved, he will bring it to completion. It will be finished. Jesus will see it to it that you and your loved one being worked on by him will have a completion date. God has never and will never lose interest or has lost control in making us more like Jesus. Aren't you glad for that, by the way? Aren't you glad for that, by the way? God is making us more like Jesus. I think about that every single time I get on the bypass on 20, US 20, and I drive west towards the UP Mall, or 331, and when I look south, just around Jimtown, and I see this house up on the hill, a two-story home, that looks like it's been sitting there for 15 or 20 years. The lumber is gray. It's got tie wrap around the side. Anybody know what house I'm talking about? And every time I look at that home and I see the shingles, they're so old that they already need replaced. And it's this picture of, will anyone finish that home? And there's a part of me, the carpenter me, wants to stop and say, let me finish it. Because it's got good bones. I don't know what happened there. In fact, I had two guys come up to me after the first service and say, hey, one said, we, we made an offer and we're interested in that home. The truth is this, some of us look like that place. There was a time when the foundation was poured. There was a time when it began a good work. But now it sits there as if it needs to be reworked. And right now, Paul is saying, stand in confidence believing that the person you are concerned with about the Lord, God has them in his hands. And they might look like that house on US 20. And it might look like it's been 20 years and nothing's happened. And the lumber might look gray in their life and the tie wrap around the house might be flopping and it might need a new roof. But listen to me. God will finish what he has began and there will be a day when that house on US 20 and your life will be completed. We don't ever have to give up. It's not up to us. Now the spirit, the superintendent in our lives, he works on us, he prompts us, he convicts us, he prods us to move on, but God promises to finish the work for us. And Paul's saying, having firm confidence in God's promise to finish what he has started 
will bring back your joy. Even when I think of our world right now, it'd be very easy, and by the way, I don't, to look at it and say, God, where are you at? You see, when you know where your trust is placed in, and when you're confident in who's in control, even in the middle of a pandemic, we know there is a day coming when we can look back and say, look what God has done. John Creekmore sent me this YouTube video, and I've seen it before, but he sent it to me, and he just basically said this, Jim, take 49 seconds and watch this. And actually, I had come across this week, and so I did. It's a reminder even now of this truth. Watch this, Billy Graham years ago. Habakkuk said, Lord, please tell me what you're doing. And God said, no, I'm not going to tell you, Habakkuk, because if I told you what I was doing, you wouldn't believe it. If God today told us what he's doing in the world, we wouldn't believe it. Don't you think God's given up and God's abdicated and God's left the throne? He hasn't. He's still on the throne. And those of us that know him put our trust in him and him alone. I don't put my trust in Washington. I don't put my trust in the United Nations. I don't put my trust in myself. I don't put trust in my money. I put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. When all the rest of it fails and crumbles and shatters, he'll be there. We get an amen to that. (laughs) God does not begin something and not complete it and finish it and leave you halfway through it. He is a wise builder. He's an expert craftsman. He finishes what he begins in your son and your daughter and your husband and your wife and your friend and your neighbor and your cousin and your mom and your dad and the co-worker that trusted in Christ, even that person that you were there when they trusted in Jesus Christ, when it's a genuine commitment, listen to me, it might look like that house on US 20. It might look abandoned, but God is there actively working and he will finish what he started. That's a promise from God. So how does he do that? In fact, I would say this. God is so certain about it, so determined to do it, so committed to his purpose that he has made a deposit in us that guarantees us what is to come. How do you know, Pastor Jim? Well, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 5. Let's just see what the word of God said. How do you know God will finish what he began? Well, let's just see what the word of God says. Let's just read it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 5. Look what it says. Paul said this to the church of Corinth. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 5 says, Now the one who has fashioned us for this purpose is God, who has given us the what? What's the word? Spirit. As a what? Look again. Back it up. It says, who has given us the what? As a what? Deposit. And what's the next word? Guaranteeing, what's the word? Guaranteeing what is to come. We have a guarantee when we come to Christ 
There is this deposit in us. It's the Holy Spirit who comes and lives in us. And we have this unfair advantage. And that Holy Spirit that we know is God will never leave us nor forsake us. It is a guarantee now because when he starts, he will finish. If you've ever bought a home and you really wanted the home that you're looking at and you have a realtor and you want to show the, the, the seller of this home that you're really interested in the home. Your realtor will often say, put down some earnest money. And this earnest money basically says, I am willing, even if I back out of this deal, to put this amount of money down to show you that I will follow through with this contract I have with you. So often the realtor will say, if there's multiple offers, put down a good amount of earnest money. Now, if someone else gets the house, you get it back. So you put down 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 1% of the home, whatever it is, 2% if you're really brave and want it, and you place the earnest money down. Now, if you back out of the deal on your own, the seller of the home gets the earnest money. And you're left without it. The Holy Spirit at salvation deposits in us the earnest money. The Spirit goes in us and says this. Here's, I'm signing a contract with you. I am so serious about this contract that I am giving me the deposit and I will finish what I have started. By the way, that's great news. So no matter where you see yourself right now or someone else, when Christ began the work of salvation, the Spirit was deposited into that person. So what's the Spirit do? He convicts. He shapes. He reminds. He illuminates the text. He teaches. And he daily builds us along the way. And the Spirit of God never leaves us nor forsakes us. But hear me out. We can respond to the Spirit and sin and say, I'm going to quench the Spirit. But listen, you could quench the Spirit, but He isn't going anywhere. He's going to come back after you. Why? Because he's the earnest money. He's the deposit on this contract. And the contract said, I'm going to finish what I started in you. Now, it might take a while. You might look like that house on US 20. (laughs) It's interesting as you build. There are delays along the way in the process. There are inconveniences that happen and time is spent elsewhere. But it isn't truly a straight line build most of the time. It's kind of like this. <laughs> but there is a day, finally, when you get the finished keys to this home. And Paul is saying that the day of the Lord will come when you will be as he is. Jesus, First John 3, 2, complete, whole, blameless before our God. But it's a process for us. Think about it this way. Every answered prayer prepares us for more to come. Every nudge by the Holy Spirit points us in the right direction. 
Every struggle and trial face refines and shapes us and makes us more like Jesus. And when we know and when we hand over the wheel, and even if you, you, you don't want to hand it over, you're not going to stop the Spirit because he's the superintendent. He will make you more like Jesus. Chuck Swindoll said this in his book here in regards when you finally hand over the reins and know for sure that God is in you and the builder, this takes place. True story. Swindoll says this in his book here. He says, I love the story of a man who fretted for 15 years over his work. He had built his business from nothing into a rather sizable operation. In fact, he had a large plant that covered several acres. With growth and success, however, came ever-increasing demands. Each new day brought a whole new list of responsibilities. Weary of the worry, the stress, and the fear, he finally decided to give it over to the Lord. With a smile of quiet contentment, he prayed, Lord God, the business is yours. All the worry, the stress, and the fears I release to you and your sovereign will. From this day forward, Lord, you own the business. That night, he went to bed earlier than he had since he started the business. Finally, peace. In the middle of the night, the shrill ring of the phone awoke the man. The caller in a panicked voice yelled, fire, fire, fire. The entire place is going up in smoke. The man, calmly dressed, got into his car and drove to the plant. With his hands in his pockets, he stood there and watched, smiling slightly. One of his employees hurried to his side and said, What in the world are you smiling about? How can you be so calm? Everything's on fire. The man answered, Yesterday afternoon I gave this business to God. I told him it was his. If he wants to burn it up, that's his business. <laughs> Swindoll goes on to say this. Some of you read that and think, that's insane. No, that is one of the greatest pieces of sound theology you can embrace. It's firm confidence in God. Means that it's in his hands. He who started something will bear the pressure of it and will bring the results as he planned for his greater glory. How could a business burned to the ground be the glory to God, you may ask? Well, sometimes the loss of something very significant, perhaps something you are a slave to, is the only way God can get our attention and bring us back to full sanity. The happiest people I know are the ones who have learned how to hold everything loosely and have given the worrisome, stress-filled, fearful details of their lives into God's keeping. Do you see the difference? It's a firm confidence in God that it's his, and he's in full control. And he deposited himself in us. And not only in us, but in everything that we have, it is his. And when we daily hand that over, worry, stress, anxiety flees. Because now it's his. 
and all that is his. And we are allowing him to control the direction of our lives. We can find great hope knowing that God takes personal responsibility in building us. Seriously, can't we? He takes responsibility. I have said this before, but it needs repeated, and you might need to hear it again today. We have an unfair advantage in the building process. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. The master craftsman lives in you, and he is never perplexed by building delays. He's never perplexed by pandemics. (laughs) He's never perplexed by decisions that are handed to you that you have no control over, but he works everything out for good to those that love him. We can bank on that today. Why do I know that? And why should we have confidence in our God who has deposited God in us? Because our God has access to miracles. (laughs) Like, come on, church. Our God has access to miracles. And if you don't know Jesus, you don't have access to miracles. And so God can do in us and for us, and even in our business, in our year, and in our world, in the middle of COVID-19, God can do for his people and do in us what other people don't have because we have an unfair advantage, a earnest deposit of the Holy Spirit actively living and working in us. How about an amen on this side? Amen? That's good news for us today. What an incredible promise that is for us. Think about this. Our God can speak life into existence. Our God never, ever, ever loses. Our God is the perfect builder. Our God never lies, and when he starts something, he cannot not finish it. Hopefully you're beginning to see the good news of this promise. Paul tried to describe this in Ephesians 2.10 to the church at Ephesus. He said, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance. So from the foundation of the world, he knew that there would be a day that he would sign the line on this building construction process. He sent the superintendent, the Holy Spirit, as a deposit, earnest money in us. The God now that lives in us is prodding us, is building us, is teaching us, and there will come a time when we will be fully completed, no matter if you look like the house on US 20, hear me out, God will finish what he has started. By the way, and God will not rest until that good work is finished. We should all probably carry a sign around this week that says, God's not finished with me yet. under construction and maybe you might think you don't look like too much right now and maybe you don't like what you saw this morning in the mirror and maybe you're struggling with those thoughts that you had last night and maybe in the middle of the armpit of sin you wonder does God really live in me and maybe today Or this week, you wanted to give up and quit because where's God at? It appears he's not there. But in those moments of weakness, when you falter and want to quit, hear me. God will never quit on you. 
Never, ever, ever. I love comeback stories. Our God is a comeback God. The promise is so good because no matter where you find yourself today, the final chapter has yet to be written, and we win in the end. (laughs) Look what he says at the end of verse 6 again. He says, God, Philippians 1, 6, he said, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Jesus will rapture his church and he will take you and me home and we will be presented in a perfect way because of the righteousness of Jesus on us. Immortality is coming, those of us who have God in us. This corruptible body will become incorruptible and our home awaits us in heaven. That is good news for us today. Paul would say later in Romans 8, 28 to 29 that God works for the good of those that he predestines. But here's what it means. It probably means this for all of us at some point in our lives every single day. There might need to be some chiseling that needs to take place in your life today. There might need some sawing to take place. There might be the need for some sanding. There might be the need for some cutting. There might be the need for some building. There might be the need for a new roof. There might be the need for just a complete remodel project. But hear me out. Once the foundation is built, you can knock the walls down and rebuild. But the foundation is the cornerstone in Christ, and he can remodel what you have screwed up. That is great news. That's a good promise for us who know Jesus Christ personally. It's great truth for us, for us to know that. Maybe even some need to cling to this today because you feel neglected. And maybe there's some areas in your life where you need to turn over to God and the Spirit has been reminding you and you're resisting and fighting here out. You won't win that battle (laughs) Because God will make you to look like Jesus and conform to his image. So surrender your will and let him have its way. It's much better. What is complete will be made complete. What is unfinished will be finished. What is lacking will be made full. What is partial will be made whole. What is less than enough will be more than enough. What is broken will be fixed. What is hurt will be healed. What is weak will be strong. What is temporary will be made permanent. What is hopeless will be filled with hope. What is sin will be made white as snow. What is earthly will be heavenly. Where there is tears there will be laughter. What is old will be made new. So fear not, child of God. He will complete his work in us. Amen to that. That's why we can say, like I said on the hill last week in Syracuse, God is good all the time. I am a what? Come on, help me again. God is good. Oh, you're not helping me. Come on. God is good all the time. I am a what? We are witnesses to that. God will not let us stay where we're at today. And I'm grateful. 
God will keep us from falling and all of God's sheep will make it home. You see, the Bible is loaded with comeback stories. The Bible is loaded with on his promises and, and him finishing what he started. Our God is a finishing God. For a large part of my life, I was a Finnish carpenter. And so for me, I loved getting to the drywall stage. And when you walk to the drywall stage of a home, there's, there's drywall mud on the floor and it's dusty and it's hard to see what the finished product looks like. And so I would come into the home and I would bring my trim tools and we would deliver all the trim and then room by room, I would go and I would case out the windows and hang the doors and case out the doors and, and put shiplap in and chair rail and sometimes five and six piece crown molding in the rooms. And so I would shut the door and the carpet would be laid and the room was finished. And so room by room, I would finish. I, I, I'd put handrail in and staircases in. And it's just a beautiful project to watch. But there was always felt like something else to do. And day by day, and sometimes week by week, the process would continue till finally the house was done, the sidewalk was poured, the concrete was poured for the driveway, the landscaping was done, and the lawn was seeded, and the owner would come by. It was a fun day when the owner, who had signed a contract with us, came and we could hand him the keys to this place where... We had made a promise to follow through. It was one of my favorite days in the whole building process as we did what we call a walk through. And sometimes you walk through and you're like, oh, yeah, that's exactly like, it's better. It's... And so finally you would walk away and the house was completed. The truth is some of us are just drywalled up. <laughs> And the lumber is coming, and the trim is showing up, and it's just one room at a time, isn't it? I got that down. It's like, oh, man, now i got this one to deal with. <laughs> and so he closes the door and does that area. And often when we finally get that one finished, like, oh, something else pops up. You need to work here, God. <laughs> and he comes over, and the spirit works. The superintendent who has made the deposit works there. And about the time you get that done, there's another room. You, oh, and there's another room and another room and another room. That process continues until the day of the Lord. And hear me out. It will be finished. And there will be a day that you and I will be conformed to the likeness of Jesus Christ by the work of the Spirit. Listen, and you can't stop God from completing what he has began in you. Oh, that's great promise to us today. There's a story in the Bible from the book of Haggai. It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. In fact, it's God coming through and then the words spoken by God through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel and Joshua, not Joshua and Caleb, a different Joshua, because they were commissioned to rebuild Solomon's temple. The task was overwhelming. In fact, the cost seemed prohibitive to rebuild Solomon's temple. The workers were discouraged because they could not see this happening. 
And the enemies were fierce. They felt great resistance to this building project. They even started the work, but then they heard that familiar voice that you and I often hear. It's the voice of the enemy that goes this way. You'll never finish this. God is going to abandon you. It's too far gone. Just let it go. It can't be done. You screwed it up too badly. Fortunately, in the middle of those voices, in the middle of the enemy trying to turn them away, in the middle of them ready to throw in the towel, the prophet Haggai showed up with some good news from the Lord and a big bag of encouragement. And this is what he said in Haggai chapter 2. Turn there with me and just see what he said. In the middle of this horrible, tough, difficult, discouraging, overwhelming time, in Haggai chapter 2, in verses 4 through 10, look what the prophet says. But now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenant with you when you came out of Egypt. And my spirit remains among you. The deposit, do not fear. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth. I love that visual. And the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations. And what is desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be what? What's it say? Greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Amen? And God's temple rose from the ashes. God is a wise builder, a perfect craftsman. And he knows exactly how to finish what he has started in us. So when sin torments you this week, think on this thought. Better days are coming. Days of victory, days of rejoicing are coming. Your present failure won't last forever. It can't. God's grace won't let you stay there. And one day the battle will be over and we will stand in God's presence whole 
and complete, free from everything that drags you down in this life, and you and I will enter heaven with a smile on our face, conformed to the likeness and the perfection of Jesus Christ. That is, yes, hallelujah, that is good news. Let's bring it home. Many of you are weary in the middle of this pandemic. Resistance is strong, and there are negative voices everywhere, aren't there? The devil is busy trying to abort God's promises, and maybe you want to give up. Take courage, my friends. God is going to finish what he has started and he will bring glory from these ashes. He's the promise keeper. He's the way maker. He's the miracle worker. And he has been deposited in us. Oh Lord, give us a snapshot of that today. I pray, Lord, that we would daily remind ourselves of this truth. That he who began a good work in us will bring it to completion. And that we will be perfected in the day of our Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.